Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Hebrews chapter 11, two verses, the first and the sixth. Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse six, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe. Believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Today I wanna ask a question. How far does your faith go? How far does your faith go? Jesus, we ask your blessing on this message. Pray that you would anoint your speaker. We know your word is anointed. Anoint the people in the congregation to receive your word today. And we'll give you the thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. How far does your faith go? I, am, I would never want to do anything to offend anyone, but I am going to preach with great liberty today. And I'm going to say what I believe the Lord would have me to say to you, and my, my goal is to elevate your faith, to increase your faith. Now, all of us start out with faith. We all have an element of faith. Even to prove this to you, do you know that a baby will jump, if it can, to its father's arms, expecting to be caught? They have great faith. They don't worry about things. Children don't worry about things. Oh, dad'll take care of it. Oh, there's always gonna be food. We're not gonna lose, they don't worry about any of that stuff. They are born with an element of faith. Even the Bible says that God gives us faith in measure to every one of us. We all start out with an element of faith, but our faith, whether it is increased or not, is up to us. Whether or not our faith increases is up to us. And today, I'm going to challenge your faith. I'm going to get you to answer your own question. How far does my faith go? Now, believing brings us to the kingdom. But faith takes us through life. Believing is a starting point. I'm going to say this several times. But it's not the finish line. It's a starting point. Take a look here at Mark chapter 9, verse 23. A man who has a son that throws himself in the fire has not been able to have his child delivered from evil, and so he comes to Jesus and asks him for help. And Jesus says unto him in 9.23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Let me stop here. How many of you like 
be honest now, how many of you like this ETH business on the end of words, this old King's English? Probably not too many of you. But what you don't know is that when ETH is added to the end of a word, it means continues to progress in. So when he is saying, he that, to him that believeth, he is saying not just that you believe, but that you continue to progress in your belief. Then all things are possible. So ETH is very important to a word. It's not just the present, but it's the future as well. So then the man responds to him and says, and it says here, he straightway, the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Is there anybody in the house today that can relate to this man? That can say, hey, you know, I'm in a desperate situation here. My son is a lunatic. Demons have thrown him into the fire. They've tried to drown him. I've exhausted money and energy and my son is, he's not getting any better. And I came to your disciples and they weren't able to do anything to help me. I'm desperate. I've exhausted all of my avenues. And you tell me that if I believe it's possible, Lord, I do believe. I wouldn't be here if I didn't have some belief but I have to admit that I do have some unbelief. So he cries and he speaks loudly, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. We need this miracle. How far did this man's faith go? It went far enough because the Lord delivered his son. How far does your faith go? Take a look at Lazarus. Here's another example. Lazarus is sick. Mary and Martha, they're brothers. It's the brother and the two sisters. And so they send word to Jesus. Jesus, the one you love is sick. Come and help him. They believe he's going to come right away as soon as he gets word. They've calculated how long it will take Jesus to get back to Lazarus from Bethany. And he doesn't come. Matter of fact, he's terribly late. Matter of fact, Lazarus dies and has been in the grave for four days. Now they're angry with Jesus. Mary and Martha. And Jesus comes to the town and when he's coming in, Martha leaves the house and goes out to meet him. She tries to be respectful even though she's angry. And she says, listen to what she says to him. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother Lazarus would not have died. I had faith for the past, but I don't have faith for the present. So Jesus speaks to her and says, well, he talks about the resurrection, remember? And, and Martha says, oh, I believe my brother will be in the resurrection. Now she has faith for the future. But Jesus was not talking about either one. He was talking about the present. 
And he was questioning her faith for the present by saying, I am the resurrection. I can resurrect anyone I choose. She had faith for the past, faith for the future, but she had no faith for the present. Even Mary, Mary was so stubborn and angry, she wouldn't even come out of the house until Martha came back and said, Mary, Jesus is asking for you. All right, I'm angry with him, but I guess I'll go. And what does she say? The same thing that Martha said. Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. Listen, when people don't have faith, they build doubt in each other. Mary and Martha recited the same thing because that's the way they talked when Jesus didn't come on a punctual moment. Be careful who you hang out with. Is this somebody that's gonna increase my faith or somebody that's gonna discourage me to unbelief? Jesus resurrected Lazarus to prove that he could resurrect anyone from the dead. How about the devils? Do you know devils have faith? Did you know that? The demonic world has faith in God. They believe in him. They have no choice. Take a look at James chapter two, verse number 19. Thou believest there is one God. Can I get an amen in the house today? Are there any one God believers in the house? Thou believest in one God, you're doing well. The devils also believe and they tremble. The devils believe. If believing in itself can save you, then the demons are saved. Because they believe. They believe in one God. But you know why they can't be saved? Because their faith only goes so far. Do you ever hear anybody say that? My faith only goes so far. In God we trust, all others pay cash. Because we don't believe in people. We want to say we believe in God. But the reason that the demonic world cannot be saved is not because they don't believe, but because they won't obey. They can start out with an element of faith, but they stop at obedience. I'm gonna make you think today. How far does your faith go? How far does your faith go? We can believe for others, but it's sometimes hard to believe for ourselves. Oh, it's okay to say amen. Let me give you a proof of that. If somebody stood up today and said, I'm sick, I guarantee you many people would run to that person, lay hands on them, and believe God for a miracle. But when you're sick, when it's you, 
The Bible says, is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Why? Because it's more difficult when it's you that's sick to have faith for you than it is to have faith for another. I hope we don't have to learn that personally. <laughs> okay, but that's the truth. When I'm sick, I want somebody with a prayer of faith to pray for me. Watch this. This is James 5 and 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And here's what'll happen. And the prayer of faith. See that? The prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. If he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Somebody needs to offer a prayer of faith. And if you, if you don't have faith for that, you're gonna stay away from that situation. If you do, you're gonna rush to it. That's why we anoint people with oil. That's why oftentimes we'll say, hey, is there anybody sick here today? Come on up here, we're gonna anoint you with oil. Because it's scriptural, and there are people that have faith for people that have need. So how far? How far does your faith go? When the heavy bills come, when you get bad news, is that time to stop believing? Is that time to stop giving? Well, we better tighten it up here. We better play it close to the vest. When we close our hands, we can no longer receive. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When we close our hands, we can no longer receive. But if our hands are open, we can give and we can receive. That's why the Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. It does not say receive and then give. We've already received. We've already received. It's time to give and the process keeps happening by keeping our hands and our hearts and our minds and our ears open to God. Mark chapter six. A prophet, this is what Jesus said in Mark 6 and 4. A prophet is without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Have you experienced that with your relatives? Have you tried to be a witness to them and they say, well, who are you? I know you. I remember when you were a kid, you did this. And you did that. You're nobody special. That's what Jesus was saying. And he could do there, watch this. And we're talking about Jesus here. He could do there no mighty work. Save that he laid hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went about the villages teaching. What was stopping him? Unbelief. 
there were times that, that he would come into a room and other people would want to come in with him to see if he could resurrect somebody from the dead. And he'd say, no, you can't come in here. You stay out there. Peter did the same thing. He would not allow unbelief in the room because unbelief is something that hinders the work of God. I say hinders because it never stops what God's gonna do. Unbelief, listen, unbelief won't save anyone. Say, well, I just just don't believe. Let me tell you why a lot of people don't believe. They don't believe because if they acknowledge their belief, their lifestyle would have to change. And that's the thing they fear most. People are not, people are most afraid of conversion. What's it gonna cost me? What's it gonna cost me? They're afraid of conversion. Take a look here at Mark chapter 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Unbelieving doesn't save anybody. Matter of fact, it damns people. And then Mark says that Jesus said, I'm going to identify the believers for you so that you'll know who they are by these characteristics and traits. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They shall, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That should be happening in the believer's lives. I'm not saying that we go out and grab snakes and play with snakes. Wrong. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Do not do that. But remember when Paul came to warm himself in a fire and out of, the, out of the pile of sticks, a serpent came out and latched himself onto him? He didn't tempt the snake. The snake just happened to be there and bit him and he lived. And it can happen to you too because you're a believer and we can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. We will speak with new tongues. These signs will follow them that believe. Devils will be cast out. How far does your faith go? How far does your faith go? Listen to this. Unbelief causes God to either change his location or give the unbeliever a new location. Think about it. The unbelief caused God not to be able to do many mighty works. But when when he talked about the unbeliever, he said the unbeliever would be damned. Now let me stop here. I don't want you to get the wrong impression. Well, are you preaching against saying that people need to believe? No, I am not. One of your favorite verses of scripture in the Bible is John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you like that verse? I like it. 
But don't take it out of context. Because before John 3 and 16 came John 3 and 3 and John 3 and 5. And if you're a believer, then you must be born of the water and of the spirit. If you're a believer, if you're a believer. And it also said, I remember when when Paul spoke to the jailer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Read on. A few verses later, he baptizes the household. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Belief is a starting point. Faith will take you through life. You gotta keep on believing. You can't stop. You need to progress. How far does your faith go? How far does your faith go? You can believe in a religion and have no relationship. You can go to church and not even be a Christian. You can recite the Apostles' Creed and not even know the Apostles' Doctrine. I could. How many of you have ever heard of the Apostles' Creed? I'm just curious. Is this old school or... Many of you never heard of that, did you? But what they did was they took some fundamental truths and weaved it with church doctrine and called it the Apostles' Creed. But it didn't match the scripture. It had an element of truth, but it had an element of churchiology. Let me show you the Apostles' Doctrine. Acts chapter two, verse 37. When they heard Peter preach, They were pricked in their heart, verse 37, and said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the apostles' doctrine concerning the new birth message. And verse 42 says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Doctrine means teaching. This was their teaching concerning the new birth message. And except a man is born of the water and the spirit, he can't enter the kingdom of God. How far does your faith go? I'm asking But there's something that I need to bring to your attention. The new birth message in itself is not enough to bring you to salvation. I'm gonna make it real plain for you. He that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are we diligently seeking after God or are we content to stop with believing Is that how far your faith goes? But after believing, can we jump into the new birth experience and skip repentance? 
Peter said, repent, then be baptized, and you shall. See the progression there? How far does your faith go? Because I'm concerned that some people stop at believing. Well, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept the Lord as your personal savior. I'm not putting that down. But that's not the end, folks. That's just the beginning. Where's the obedience? Where's the compliance with God's word? Where's the faith that takes you into the new birth experience? Where's the faith that takes you through life and its trials and its difficulties? Where's the relationship with God that it's not limited to just a building, but outside of the building in everyday life, you get to walk and hear from God? How far? How far does your faith go? Because the the gospel, when we talk about the gospel, let's preach the gospel. The gospel is the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. Where's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Christian? We call ourselves Christians, which means followers of Christ. Where's our death? Our death is in repentance. Our death is when we come to an altar and we acknowledge our sin and we ask God to forgive us and we determine that we are going to stop doing what we know is wrong. That took some faith. Somebody had to preach some conviction. Jesus' ministry did not even begin with believing. It began with repentance. His first words were, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. He was echoing what John had previously said. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. That's the way they began their ministries. I do not want to cheapen the gospel and tell people, hey, just believe in Jesus. Just get baptized in Jesus' name. Just have this blessed experience of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter what you do with your life. Ah, that's inconsequential. You're wrong. You've missed an important element in the plan of salvation, and that is repentance and a commitment to God that says, I'm sick of the sin in business. I know it's wrong. I'm not going to cover it up. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm not going to compare myself with everybody else. I'm going to progress in faith. I'm gonna put my life on the altar. I'm gonna live the way he wants me to live. I'm gonna stop doing the things that I've known are wrong all along. Don't neglect repentance, folks. Since my wife, I can jump her out of the program. Can you give me Matthew 13, 15, please? Matthew 13, 15. Here's what I see in our 21st century happening, and it's happening even in the church. This people's heart is waxed gross. Their ears are dull of hearing, their eyes they have closed. 
lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. One man said to the preacher after he was done preaching, he said, preacher, I just want you to know you rubbed me the wrong way today. Preacher simply replied, well, if you'd just turn around, everything would be all right. You hearing what I'm saying? Repentance is turning around. But we're tired of hearing and seeing, and we don't have any understanding. But the words he gave us here, stop closing your eyes. Quit putting your fingers in your ears. Keep your heart open. Be converted. Become as little children. That's where your faith can start. And then I can heal you. Then I can help you. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying today? How far? How far does your faith go? If any man, this is 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. So let me wrap this up. So how does my faith increase? You say, how far does my faith go? But how can I go if I don't increase? Take a look at Romans 10 and 17. Faith comes by hearing. We just read it. Their ears they have closed. They're not listening. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. I mentioned this in the family Bible study this morning. There is not one prayer that anyone in this room has offered up to God or one question that they have asked of God that he has not heard and give them an, given them an answer to. Not one time. Because here's what happens. When you pray in your bedroom or wherever you are and that prayer goes up to God or that question goes up to God, if God doesn't give the answer to you, he will give it to another member in the body of Christ. Usually through the pulpit teaching, preaching, Bible studies. Those questions are being answered. But there's nobody there to hear it. Do you ever notice how hard it is to get to church on a Wednesday night? I'm so tired. I'm so wore out. I'm I'm glad Wednesday's over. I'm really, and you know what? The enemy is fighting you and wrestling with you and trying to keep you from your answer. Because the guy that's in the pulpit that night has been spoken to by God. And he's there to give you the answer and you're not there to hear it. And you miss it. And you say, God, do you ever hear me? I hear you all the time. Do you ever hear me? That's why it's so important to be faithful to the house of God. 
Boy, it's quiet today. It's important to be faithful to the house of God. Wednesday night, we're gonna have a fantastic Bible study. The place ought to be as packed on Wednesday night as it is on Sunday morning. Sunday morning, we're gonna have a family Bible study, something that would be suitable for every member of your family. It's at 9.15 and it goes for 35 minutes. Another opportunity to hear from God, to get answers to your questions. His recovery, awakenings, Bible studies, all of these things that are, that are taking place in this building throughout the week. This building does not sit empty and idle. It's used throughout the week. It is not a 10 to 11.30 Sunday morning building. There's, there's stuff happening here all the time. And if you plug into it, your faith will be increased. Your knowledge of the scripture, your walk with God will be stronger and your faith will go further. It will go further because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Matthew or Mark eleven twenty three. 23. How far does our faith go? Jesus said, verily I say unto you, whosoever will say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. What was he talking about? The Rocky Mountains? The Appalachians? The Blue Ridge? The Smoky? No. He was talking about whatever's a mountain in your life. Whatever you just can't seem to get over. That's your mountain. Your mountain of unbelief, your mountain of fear, your mountain of unforgiveness. And the only way that it can be removed from your life is through faith. You know what? I trust God and the mountains move. I can't see it in my budget, but I trust God and the mountains move. I have a problem with somebody in church and I can't seem to get over it, but I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me and the mountains begin to move because faith conquers fear. Brother Showalter said it. He said fear is faith in the enemy. You remember that? Fear is faith in the enemy. Let's have faith in God. I'm gonna stop here. Let's stand together. What do you have faith for today? Well, I believe God did those things in the past. You're just like Martha. I believe God will do things in the future. What's God gonna do in the present?
How far does your faith go? Do you believe that there are people in this congregation that will one day be missionaries, foreign and home? Preachers and pastors, Sunday school teachers, leaders in the assembly. They're here. Oh yeah, I believe that, Brother Kylie. I believe they're here. What do you believe for you? Not what do you believe for them. What about you? Do you remember when you first came into the church and you were all excited about what God was gonna do with your life? Have you given up on your dream? Has your faith dwindled to the point that you don't see that as a possibility anymore? I'm here to build your faith today. With men, these things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. God can use you in the ministry. And everybody should be in the ministry. I said everybody should be in the ministry. Everybody needs to know their place in the body. Are we looking for Sunday school teachers? Absolutely. Are we looking for home Bible study teachers? Absolutely. Are we looking for servants in awakening ministry? Absolutely. There are multitudes of opportunities to be used of God. How far? How far does your faith go? Jesus, I pray today that by your spirit you would draw people to this altar to take them to the next dimension of faith. Believing is a starting line. It's not the finish line. Help us, Lord, to continue to progress in our faith to the point that we become beneficial to your kingdom and to your people. Help us to increase in our faith by making a stronger commitment to you by being more consecrated than we've ever been before. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.